Okay? Yes. All right. First and most obvious question is how did you get to, well, how did you come to work for Bob Dole? I came to work for Bob Dole in 1981. I was a, uh, an attorney in the uh, general counsel's office of the Department of Education. Uh, I had started in the regional office of the old uh, HEW general counsel's regional attorney's office and been promoted to Washington, and then the uh, department split off. And uh, I was uh, decided yeah, I, I didn't want to just work on education matters, so I wanted to find another job. So I, uh, I was, uh, I'd always been an admirer of Senator Dole. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, I don't know, he'd, I'd, uh, when I was in college, he had uh, uh, come to visit at KU and uh, had tried to speak, and this was in the height of the Vietnam War, and, and had just been shouted down. And uh, it was terrible. They, he, people didn't even let him say anything. So I wrote him this really heartfelt apology letter. One of the few people, you know, I was probably one of ten Republicans on the entire campus during that, that time frame, and uh, got such a nice personal personal note back from him. So I think he kind of, and he, my family, you know, we were active Republicans in Kansas, so I think he kind of knew who I was. What, what part of Kansas? Life. Southeast Independence. Okay. So anyway, so I thought that was the, you know, wouldn't be fun to work for him. So I, um, I think actually I called Rosemary Mong, who was working in Washington then, and she told me about this vacancy on his court subcommittee staff. And it was a perfect fit because the Republicans had just taken over the majority at that point. And uh, Strom Thurmond was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And the Voting Rights Act, there were a lot of civil rights issues in that committee and a lot of anxiety about Chairman Thurmond you know, taking over that committee that mm. historically had played such a role. And the biggest issue probably was the, uh, the Voting Rights Act extension. The voting rights, key provisions of the Voting Rights Act were expiring in 1982. This was 1981. So, um, so Dole, because they were in the majority, Dole had staff positions to fill. You know, there were new Republican slots, and uh, he wanted to be a civil rights person. So it was just it was really a, just a perfect fit. So I went over and interviewed. Um, I think Pete Veldy was the was the head of the subcommittee back then, the head of subcommittee staff, and Doug Comer was there. And um, so I, I got the job, and uh, I worked with him from 81 to 85. We did the Voting Rights Act extension. We did the Martin Luther King holiday. Um, those were probably the, the two, uh, you know, most press-worthy uh, issues. Then, you know, I did Judiciary Committee stuff. We did, we actually, we did the Santa Day O'Connor um, nomination. Yeah. That was fun. That was really a treat to um, yeah. to uh, to meet her and deal with her and work on our confirmation. But anyway, so that's 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 how I got. To, it was just being in the right place at the right time. The families, you know, I think, you, you know, being a Good standing Republican family in Kansas. He was generally familiar with us. I knew Rosemary, so that, that's how it What did you have? You said you interviewed Pete Veldy. Yeah. Did you have a conversation early on with the senator in which I he did, you know, I talked laid out after, any after, sort of agenda? or He did tell me he wanted to do, yes, he, he did bring up the Voting Rights Act. I think really that was, that was very much on his mind because I think he realized, Dole's always been good on civil rights issues, as you know. You wrote some wonderful speeches for him. <laughs> I, I mean, I think fabulous. Just wonder, I'll never forget that speech you wrote for the Martin Luther King. Yeah. And, 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 the and, opening and, and closing. They were, saying, were you there? Because they were saying, no, amen, I, amen. Oh, it was great. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, he had him. It was it was wonderful, and he kind of got this this funny grin on his face when they started interacting with him and saying amen and all this. So anyway, um, he uh, he'd always been good on civil rights, and I think he was worried about the image of the party with Strom Thurmond being the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and he knew the Voting Rights Act. And frankly, Reagan in the White House. Yeah, no I mean, kidding, Reagan too, absolutely. And I think he knew then already that he wanted to be have a leadership role on this as a more moderate Republican to try to bridge the divide between the Strom Thurmonds and the Ted Kennedys on that committee, and which he did, and which is absolutely what happened. But I think even back then he saw that there was a, there was a void here that, that Strom would lack credibility, he would be immediately suspect, and that, uh, um, that uh, uh, you know, and that the liberals would be trying to make this a you know, there was always the temptation that they would try to play it for political advantage as opposed to trying to get a, an extension done. So I think even then he saw that this is really, it was going to fall to him to kind of put the deal together, which he, which he did too. But I think even then he was, he's always, he thinks, you know that, he thinks forward, he thinks strategically. Well, I, I want to get into that. I'd be intrigued, intrigued to know, what was Thurmond like? Uh, 
Because they obviously had a very. He wasn't. You know, he was the, the real culprit. I don't know. I, the, you know, um, shouldn't say culprit. Don't, don't please don't use the word culprit. Well, the, no. The and you, person, by the way, you the have person, an opportunity to review oh, this. Oh, okay, okay, good. So. All right. So I'll talk for you then. Yeah. The, the first, the biggest obstacle, frankly, was Orrin Hatch. It was not Strom Thurmond. I don't know what it was. Orrin Hatch had some real, um, some some fire breathing staff that just clearly were hostile to the whole idea of civil rights. They were still back in the state's right mindset. And Thurman actually was not. Thurman had a very uh, uh, strong black constituency in South Carolina. He got a good percentage of the black vote in South Carolina. It was an important constituency to him. He understood that even though he may not completely agree with the idea of the Voting Rights Act, that those constituents, it was important to those constituents. Hmm. So he actually, I think, was much more um, accommodating uh, and understanding that Dole kind of needed to put this together and working with Dole. And I they really, Senator Hatch was really the, the one that just really um, was the most difficult to deal with. And then uh, we had uh, John East and Jeremiah Denton on that committee back then. And they were, if you remember them, they were pretty on the far right of the, of the uh, Republican. Uh, and what were their spectrum, issues so. with, the, for example, what were their... Complaints, criticisms. Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the big issue was uh, whether the there's something called the Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which is the general kind of the overarching prohibition against racial discrimination in voting. And the big issue whether that should have an effects test or an intent test. And uh, the courts had pretty much uh, gone with, uh, with what an effects test in the sense that you can imply um, you can you can you can imply discrimination from gross statistical disparities. So they didn't they didn't require that you you know kind of the smoking gun or the you know memo saying let's keep the blacks out or whatever. That if if you had a a, a policy or procedure that had the effect of denying uh, African Americans the right to vote, then um, you could prove a violation. So a lower threshold. So that was a lower threshold, right? And and if you but if you look at historically, if you look at what the Voting Rights Act, like literacy tests, I mean literacy tests on their face, there's not you know, but the effect was to deny right. blacks, most blacks, the right to vote. So kind of you know, my view was that uh, as as one who would practice civil rights law, is that the the you know, the types of practices that the Voting Rights Act was originally designed to address, the poll taxes, the literacy tests, were effect. Tests. They weren't intent tests, um, and uh, so. But but I think Senator Hatch felt he equated effects with quotas. He thought if you had an effects test, um, that you would 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 just end up with you know judge, judges trying to gerrymand districts to guarantee that you know there would be pro, uh, 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 proportional representation among the black. In Congress, among the black population, related to the the black population, which was not what was uh, what not what anybody wanted. So the Dole Compromise basically maintained an effects test in Section Two, but then it added language saying that this did not mean there was a right right to proportional representation. So it just just disavowed it. And if you read Section Two, it said provided there is no right to proportional representation. So uh, that was basically. You know, it was like two sentences. <laughs> it was mm. months, <laughs> really, months of fighting to to get it negotiated out. But that that was the key issue. And then there were some other things, um, like uh, there there were preclearance provisions uh, that districts that historically had racial discrimination had to preclear uh, changes in their voting procedures with the Justice Department. And there was an issue about uh, whether those should be extended. And uh, we did end up extending them. And then there was another issue about um, bilingual ballot access. Um, and uh, and I think we did provide for some bilingual ballot uh, assistance in depending on how blind, taxing my memory now, if it was a large, uh, you know, there's a large population of secondary, of non-prime English-speaking uh, population. But the, the big thing was the results, effects versus intent. And how much of this, presumably for most of that time, this was at the staff level? Or yeah, it, it got other... elevated. It, most the, the initial um, the initial uh, discussions were at the staff level. No, it got back to up to the principal level at the end, and um, and Dole went to uh, Chairman Thurman directly, and because uh, he was really key, and um, 
basically um, Thurman felt like he needed to, there were four votes against it, was an eight, I'll never forget, it was a 14-4 vote. Uh, there were four votes against it. Chairman Thurman scheduled it and let it be reported out, but he did vote with Senator Hatch and then and Denton and, and East, voted against the compromise. Um, and then it was, uh, actually I think that was the vote on the compromise, and then the, the bill itself I think was reported out by a fairly significant majority. But I remember it was 14-4 on the, on the compromise. But, but Thurman, you know, I think Thurman acquiesced in it. He facilitated getting the, the bill out. I think he was, Senator Hatch was really leaning on him. <laughs> no, and, and that's it was, interesting. And yeah. what did you sense about the Dole-Kennedy relationship? Well, that worked pretty well, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, I thought maybe there would be some tensions there. They didn't really, uh, Dole mainly worked the Republican side. I mean, I think, you know, Franklin, you did all the work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kennedy, Matthias was the ranking Republican, but Matthias was, you know, almost, you, you know, Dole had a lot more credibility with the, with the more conservative Republicans. I yeah. mean, again, so I yeah. think that's where he, where he had to play the role. So they kind of let us, uh, it was really a negotiation with us and, and the more conservative Republicans because they knew they were, I mean, it was, it was an in interesting cross-currents. I think maybe there was a little bit of ambivalence, and I don't blame them. This is Washington that, you know, they wanted to be able to deliver a Voting Rights Act extension. Uh, and they knew this is important. The, the, the Democrats, they knew it was important to their their constituents. Um, on the other hand, this there was such the polling was showing overwhelming support for the Voting Rights Act. So, if if failed under Republican stewardship, that would have some political benefit for yeah. them. So I think um, they were happy to let us do the heavy lifting, sure. <laughs> which we did. <laughs> and, and they were happy to sign it. You know, they were and, right behind us. <laughs> and did you have a sense of where the White House was in all of this? Well, Dole, Dole got them too. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Reagan supported it, and he. Maybe you wrote the remark. I don't know who wrote the remarks, yeah. but it was like the Voting Rights Act was the crowning jewel of American electorate, or something. I can't remember the the exact phrasing right now. But Reagan came out with this wonderful statement in support, and quote, and that that pretty much did it. And then uh, we had uh, the, the the House bill had not. Uh, uh, had any of the, the qualifying language we had against proportional representation. So they, they accepted our language, and um, they pretty much took the Senate bill, actually. We, I don't think we even had to go to conference. I think they just received the Senate amendments. So. And do you remember at that time, was there much in the press? Did Dole get much credit for uh, He got a lot of credit for did it. He? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. And I think, it, getting back to the Kennedy relationship, I think it might have bothered Sir <laughs> a little bit. I never forget, there's this huge Boston Globe front page article about Dole doing this and then a Boston Globe editorial. <laughs> Not that Ted Kennedy has to worry about his support in Massachusetts. No, or at the he Globe. He need to be threatened, yeah, but, but yeah, Dole got a lot. It was pretty funny. But, yeah. <laughs> I suspect in some quarters that, that actually would have made Dole suspect. I mean, uh, among yeah. some of his colleagues. Yeah, it, they it were, yeah, it was. There was a little of that. And like I said, we couldn't get everybody along. Senator Hatch was, and I don't know, you know, yeah. I think he's moderated a lot since since then, but that was, uh, I think part of the thing we were dealing with is, you know, the Republicans had come into power in 1981 after so many years, and you had uh, a group of, of you know, um, strong, uh, uh, you know, conservative, traditional-oriented uh, uh, staff who wanted to reorder the national agenda. And civil rights was at the top of the list of things that they wanted to reorder. And that really wasn't, that wasn't what the 81 mandate was about. The 81 mandate was not about civil rights. The 81 mandate was about the economy. It was about double-digit inflation. It was about high taxes. Sure. It was about over-regulation. It wasn't about getting rid of the Voting Rights Act. Yeah. So, um, so I, th I think, uh, but you know, nonetheless, there was a lot of, um, because it was so early in, into the Reagan Revolution, um, that there was a lot of um, there was a group of, of staff who really had civil rights at the top of their list. But mm. I, I don't think that's where the principles, most of the principles, yeah. were, and, and I think that that showed in the you know what we ultimately came up with. Why do you think civil rights matters to Dole? Yeah, I think you know he's he's just for the little guy. He always has been. I think I inherited it from. I like to think I inherited that yeah. from him. I just think he. Um, he has compassion. He was from a, a a small poor town in western Kansas. He was he was 
poor, his lower income himself and his family. He knew what economic hardship was. He, he knew about, you know, overcoming adversity and, and biases about people thinking you're not going to be able to improve yourself when you can. And I just, I just think that kind of just elemental fairness. Yeah, just elemental fairness. I think it. Um, he knows what it's like to struggle, and um, he understands that. Uh, you know, physical attributes can can make things more difficult for people, and it shouldn't be. So. I, I I long ago became convinced. That some there are some people you say this to where they they don't get it. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a, a big streak of the populist. Oh God, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In the good sense, yeah. Yeah. In the good sense, yeah. Including, yes. including uh, sticking pins in pomposity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, a lot of his best <laughs> jokes are at the expense of, uh, you know, the Gucci goats and yeah. the whole. Oh, yeah, the whole, yeah, you know. they're great. Yeah, absolutely. I think he enjoys uh, tweaking the, the, the big money dentist. I think he absolutely uh, enjoys that, and he did it so well. <laughs> That's true. They'll be barefoot in the morning. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I just think he's got a, he does have a popular streak. Well, that's Kansas. I mean, it's, it's kind of the William Allen White stream of, yeah. you know, populist Kansas conservatism. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, when we were talking with him on Friday, you know, wrapping things up, I said, you yeah. know, if you look at your career, say, from the mid-70s to the mid-90s, yeah, yeah. in so many ways, it's sort of like you're chasing the caboose. The party's going this way economically, socially, right. culturally, right. and you're, you're kind of chasing <laughs> after it. But, you know, I don't think very credibly. I mean, in, in some yeah. ways, his yeah. best moments were when he was with himself, was, yeah. was when he was himself. When he was himself. I could, I could and, agree with you more. And that's, that's why right. he distinguishes very clearly between 88 and 96. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Since 96, he shouldn't have run. Mm -hmm. He wasn't himself, was he? No, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, but 88. I was involved that campaign. But 88 he was, and he should have won. Darn it, he should have won. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that because uh, you were what, head of the research right, yeah, for that? Yeah. Uh, but talk about, because you, you mentioned Justice O'Connor. Uh, yeah. That'd be great. Talk, talk yeah. about how that came about and what um, he. Uh, uh, well, he's very supportive. You know, it was not, it was a non controversial. I mean, there was a little bit of. Uh, there was some attempt on, on, on the right to. Issue. Yeah, uh, but it was at the end of it. And there again, he played a role in. Was quelling that. I mean, I think he was very supportive, and uh, you know, I think he, he thought was uh, uh, he's always been supportive of women and women advancement. So it's I also a great thing for the Republican thing. Party to be the first. No kidding, you no know, kidding. and she was such a wonderful pick. I mean, you know, she really. Uh, uh, what was, was your what was your impression of her when at the beginning? Well, because you have this sense of someone who is really. She, yeah, Evolved. she had a very, uh, dare I say it, it's probably a sexist word, but I'm going to say mm. she was a lady. I mean, yeah. she really, she was high, I use that as, as a word synonymous for high quality, high intelligence, um, uh, mannered, um, thoughtful, you know, uh, all the things she, you, you, we all aspire to be. Um, she really was, and, and thoughtful, and fair, and which and, and deliberative. I mean, that's what she wanted in a, in a justice. And I think that that came across in her opinions. Um, she was never knee jerk. She was never um, emotional, or, or or let uh, let emotions or anger or you know biases or whatever infiltrate her thinking. I never got any kind of a sense that she was like that as as a jurist, and certainly not like that as a nominee. She was. Um, just a real high-quality person, a very thoughtful person, and one who just was focused on doing her job and, and doing it very well, and, and was really held the center of the court for, for many years, I think, and probably does not get as much credit as she should, as she should for, the, for the impact that she herself had on the court and its deliberations for many years. When, 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 you know, when vacancies occurred, mm -hmm. as they did several times during right. the Reagan years, yeah. would, would Dole recommend candidates? I don't remember him. He certainly did. I remember we got to Neil Tahoff in the 10th Circuit uh, for Kansas. I don't recall. He was chairman of the court subcommittee, but I can be honest with you. I don't really recall. I think the Supreme Court was pretty closely guarded with the White House. I don't think they really reached out to anybody. I think that was that was theirs. Um, yeah. So I think they certainly... Um, well, later when became leader, you know, I think I was, they were consulting with him in terms of confirm, confirmation issues. Um, 
but we were, and they might have at the Judiciary Committee level with the chairman, but uh, you know, we were at the court subcommittee level, so they, they wouldn't necessarily consult with him in terms of. Were, were you involved, were you around for the Bork process? Oh, thank God I was not there, yeah. Oh, that was ugly. Yeah, no, I was gone when that happened. Yeah, that was bad. It yeah, was as was ugly bad. as. Yeah, uh, as ugly as they come. That was awful. The, you know, the thing that. that um, the, but he, he almost would have been better served if he never testified. I think that's right. I, th I think that's right. I mean, that's not to justify yeah, God no, knows no. what was done to him. That's right. But you, he kinda didn't someone just take him aside and say, now, yeah. Judge, uh, you know, and you wonder whether they ever did it? They had yeah. to have done it. Yeah. And whether he just didn't. He just couldn't help himself. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I hear that he was kind of like that. I never really, I never dealt with him. I wasn't on the staff when that happened. And um, that seems uh, really unfortunate. You know, I think one thing, though, that bothers me about our whole confirmation process is that, um, I don't, and I think this, this goes on both ways. I think Republicans and Democrats are both guilty of it. I think, you know, deference should be given heavily to the president on his nominations. And whether you agree ideologically or not, that's really not the call. The president got elected, and the Constitution gives them the authority to make these appointments. Yeah. And but because, be, because it's not uh, viewed as appropriate, and it's not, to challenge people based on their beliefs or ideology, they try to do the personal stuff, like the videos or the, yeah. you know, or the sex harassment, or, you know, so they just look for personal dirt as a way to kill a nomination when the real agenda is they don't agree with them. Except now it's gone beyond that to the point where you, they, they really are too, going after right. philosophical I, I and how would you vote on this? And, and that's, it's just not, you know. That's not the way it's supposed to work, and it and it, it's working a lot worse these days because because these nominees. Keep a theory as to why all that came. I mean, it's interesting. First of all, because Dole, I think, is proud mm -hmm. of the fact, mm -hmm. very consistent with that mm -hmm. viewpoint. Mm -hmm. He talks about uh, the Breyer and the Ginsburg nominations mm -hmm. and how they were handled, mm -hmm. and I think he thinks those were model mm -hmm. confirmations. Yeah, I think they were. They absolutely were. Yeah. Where did this whole? Yeah, where did I mean, it go? I don't know. Does it go back to Hainsworth and Kurzweil and? Uh, even Abe Fortas, uh, I mean, yeah. the late 60s, early um, 70s, from the, the the right thought maybe the court, finally, you know, yeah, Nixon's president, yeah, so yeah, finally we yeah. the Warren court's over, it's our turn? Well, it might have been partly impacted by the rise in judicial activism because as, as judges became more relevant to deciding not, you know, strictly judicial decisions but more into a policy-making role that, you know, they – those judgeships became more important to a broader array of, of ideological groups on both the left and the right. So maybe that's, there's there's some uh, connection there. Of course, ironically, you could also say part of that is because increasingly Congress didn't want, Congress ducked a lot of difficult yeah, that's decisions. True. That's, and, that's also and they wound true. up in the courts. That's true, that's true. And, that's true. Yeah. and you kind of leave an issue wide open. It's, you're you're going to just ask somebody to step in. Yeah, I don't know, but even it's not even just with judges. I mean, I've been through confirmation four times now, and I, you know, I've never had any problem. I think probably that my association with Joel has been—I like to think it's partly me, but I think it's also a good mm. association with him. It's helped yeah. me. But I have seen others um, just terrible things <laughs> happen to them. It's not just judgeships. It's like these nominees are there's a free for all these days on nominees and. Being being held, and even if they're not personally attacked, just being used as tools for other agendas, like having senators put holds on them forever to get some. I remember when I was at Treasury, um, several senior Treasury officials were in limbo for four, five, six months. And Jesse Helms had a hold on them because there was some textile issue with Treasury that he, you know. So it's not it's not just judgeships. The whole the lack of deference to the uh, executive branch in filling these jobs is is hmm. not what it should be, and it really um, and it, it's it's bad not only uh, because it it, it 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 delays people getting their jobs to do their jobs, and it's very difficult if you don't have that imprimatur being confirmed to you know fully sure. fully exercise your yeah. authorities. Yeah. But also, it's a disincentive for good people to take these jobs. Oh, yeah. just we see what happens to yeah. innocent bystanders on, you know, larger issues, and it's just, you know, what I expect. It's either here or there. Well, I think about Dole kept, a, you know, he kept that on, when he was leader, yeah. he controlled that. Yeah. Tell me about the, the King birthday bill, and it's, it's genesis, yeah, yeah. And, and why, I, Dole, I mean, my sense was, it was something that 
meant a lot to him. He and personally uh, wanted to do, yes, he did. You know, unlike the, the Voting Rights Act, um, I kind of thought we did the Voting Rights Act, okay, we're done. <laughs> I did not, <laughs> we're done, but I mean, I was really surprised when he so quickly followed that. He really wanted to be a champion of that bill. And he was a champion of that bill, and we, uh, Strom asked him to co-manage the bill on the floor with, um, with Mac Mathias. And Chairman Thurman did, did support the morning. He, he did. He voted for it. Uh, I think really Senator Helms was at the end. Of, there were maybe three votes against it. It wasn't, if I recall. It was uh, Senator Helms did filibuster it, so we spent a few days on the floor with it. But uh, he, that, was, he was, that was personally driven by, uh, he, he really cared about that bill from the get-go. He did. Why do you think that was? I don't know. I think, again, I think um, he, uh, that wasn't really about substantive rights, it was more about symbolism, but I, I think he understood, I think Bill's always wanted, it's always bothered him that the Republican Party doesn't have more support among black, the black community, and I think he, I think he had tremendous respect for, for Martin Luther King, but I think he also realized how important it was to African Americans, um, and that, you know, he, and, and uh, he wanted to show support and, and sensitivity and understanding to that, that this, this holiday was important to them. And um, so I think that was, I think he had respect for the man personally, but I think he also um, wanted to um, show uh, the African-American constituencies that there was Republican sympathy and, and understanding of these yeah, and I And I would think, I'd take it even a step further, because what makes it even more impressive is he was a realist. I think he... I don't think he ever believed that because we did this, it was going to translate into a no, substantial no, increase in no, support. No, no, no. But you had to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Was there opposition, say, for for example, the business community, uh -huh. just to the idea of another holiday? Was there any any real organized opposition? Uh, there was a little opposition? bit of that, but not much. You know, yeah. And uh, there was a little bit of that, but not much. No, I don't remember hardly any... Um, any opposition, organized opposition to it at all. Mm. It was uh, it was controversial in some polls, um, mm. but I, uh, I, I no, I don't. Um, and there I was never any that. doubt about there the administration. Some kind of grumbling, but no, nothing that ever became you know worth registering. Uh, no, and the the White House was supportive, as I recall, uh, pretty much throughout too. So I don't. There was very little opposition to it. Were you surprised at all? I mean, you must have run into people who had known Dole earlier. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, to me, people talk about 76, but I often think it's 80. Um, There's just this sort of the old Dole. Mm -hmm. I won't say the bad old Dole, right. but the old Dole yeah. and the new Dole. And to me, at least, it's, okay, all of a sudden, unexpectedly, mm -hmm. he finds himself chairing the Finance Committee mm -hmm. and in a position to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure, do something about the, the reputation. But, you know, to be responsible. I mean, there's a difference between putting out press releases mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and passing yeah. bills. Right, and no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. And that that opportunity came along. He hadn't really seen it coming, mm -hmm. and he took, took advantage of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, does that I think seem right. like a reasonable... He, um, well, he was, uh, you know, he, when, when, when the Republicans took control of the Senate after so many years, <laughs> so many years in, in the, on the outs, he, um, there were a couple that really rose to the task and proved that they could legislate, proved that they could make that transition between just, you know, making statements or expressing opposition and actually getting a bill passed. And he and Howard Baker and I think Pete Domenici were really the three that showed immediately that they, they had the power to, to do this. They had, they, they had the ability, not just the power, they had the power, they had the ability, they had the skill sets to deal with it. And, you know, I'm biased, of course, I think Dole is absolutely the best of the bunch. And um, he, I think one of the, the, the tickets to success is he, he had core values, and I think, I think they were populist influenced, and I don't, I don't know if he's viewed that way, but I, I certainly viewed him that way. So he had some core values, but he also, with, with, within, that, within that framework, he didn't have an ego wrapped up in a particular position so that he could go on the left and he could go on the right and he could get people together and he could offer options for compromise and he could get, a, he could get legislation passed that, again, was, was still 
responsible policy-wise, but was massaged enough to, you know, um, satisfy the key votes. And he was a great vote counter. He, he, knew, he always knew exactly who the key members were going to be on each issue and who he had to get to sign off. And if they signed off, everybody else would fall into place. I learned that from him, that it was just, he, he just always knew that. And, uh, and he, could, he could legislate. And, um, and he also, I think, because he didn't really care about him, that, that his name had to be on the bill, that he had to be on the press conference. I mean, I can remember him, you know, as part of the wheeling and dealing, he would offer people, you know, if, if they agreed to a change he wanted, they could do the press conference and present it as, as their own. You know, really? he didn't care. He really? just wanted to get the deal done. Yeah, so, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, it was. It really was good. Because yeah. I, I think that's it. I mean, I think... I mean, I think I've known him for a long time, but I'm still fuzzy as to whatever alchemy it was, mm-hmm. you know, behind closed doors mm-hmm. that would turn this into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know he loved to have half a dozen things, half a dozen rooms. Yeah, that's right. Once, he would. <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I know he would. Yeah, he walked from room to room, yeah. <laughs> Well, people just liked him too. They wanted to make it work for him. He had he had a, a personality with his, you know, um, his colleagues uh, knew how sincere he was and wanting to put it together, and uh, and so and he he could motivate them to make it work too. I think he just people, you know, he just had a lot of respect, and and he used his humor too to diffuse tensions, and yeah, he was he was really really good. At, uh, at putting deal again in a good sense of being able to put deals principal deals together, but getting the critical mass, getting the votes to. to you know, I can't tell you how many times he said, you know, that in this business, you know, you're only as good as your word. Yeah. And particularly in a small body like this. Yeah, that's you know? Yeah. Um, I also <laughs> we asked him on Friday. I said, are there people? I said, you don't have to name names, although he was tempted. I said, are there people? <laughs> Who can empty the Senate just by getting up to speak? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and, and, and then I said, uh-huh. and are there other, other? He said, well, he said, there's a lot more of the former than the latter. <laughs> it was quite clear that there were a number of people on both sides of the right. aisle who had the capacity to send people to the doors. <laughs> they, uh, I could, I could probably guess of a few of those people. Well, yeah, oh, sure. I'm not going to mention any names, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, was he, yeah. His yeah. pay, because, you know, Dan Rosinkowski yeah. told me a story once that yeah. um, Bill Clinton caught him up before the, uh, the whole time the government shut down. Uh-huh. He said, tell me something and give me an edge on Bob Dole. And, right, you know, right. we're sitting across the table. Right. And he says he's the most impatient guy in Washington. No. Yeah. You know, uh, it'll get to a point where he'll give you anything just to get out of the yeah, room. That's right. But, you know, it's interesting because I think in the course of, of talking to right, people, right. I, the impatience is, is real. Right. But in some ways he could be incredibly patient. Yeah. I mean, he could sit there. Yeah. He could keep things going all night oh, if yeah. he had to. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, I would. He's, he was impatient in terms of wanting to get things done, but not to the extent he would cave on something. I, I never saw that. He was tough. No, he would... Uh, but that that gave him a predictability in dealing with him. I, I think it, it it that was his strength because people knew he was good to his word. If he said he had to have this, he did have to have it, and he needed to work with that. And um, so I never saw him. Um, he was a tough negotiator. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I I never saw anything different. Why do you think? Because you know his staff has a very high reputation. Oh yeah. Across yeah. the board. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Why do you think there were so many AAs? Oh, God, in the personal office? Yeah. yeah. Boy, I don't know. You know, I never was in the personal office. I had to go through a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> do you avoid Might the personal office? To, to, no, not well, really. I was just... Uh, I mean, of course, the whole Joanne Betty, right. you know, that may have been part of element. It. Yeah. And yeah, that could very well have been part of it. They were, fifth t- wheel yeah, they were kind of, of the, the royal guard, and it was difficult to penetrate that, and probably... We're not above a little second guessing here and there, and the poor A would go in and, yeah, he did. I had never thought about that because he had a lot of continuity in the in the leadership office and the committee staff. So, so that seemed to be unique to the personal office, and hmm. which suggests maybe it was the Betty <laughs> well, and Joanne were kind of the common factor there. So maybe he did have something to do with that. I don't know. I think they would probably be the first to say that. Probably. Were. You know, I think it's a badge of yeah, honor. Yeah, ran them all off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they ran a few off. I know that. Um, yeah. How did he, uh, you know, 
broad question, but I mean, in terms of his relationship with staff, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, particularly committee staff. Yeah. I mean, what was your observation? Because obviously everyone does it their own way. Right. Senators, um, and some become dependent. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And, and some probably pay very little attention. And, yeah, But yeah. What, what's the range of... Uh, well, he, he could be tough. He could be tough, uh, but not in an unfair way. I mean... Um, how Tough how so? Well, he, he'd just be very direct. And if, if you did something he didn't like or didn't think you did the right way, he'd tell you. <laughs> that was okay. Uh, you know, I think Kansas are kind of like that. It didn't really bother me. I grew up in that kind of an environment. Um, so and I probably, I had the same fault. I can be very direct. When I want something done differently or I don't think it was done right, I can probably be more direct than I, I should be. Um, and he was he was kind of like that. But um, and he gave us, you know, um, he um, uh would f and I I don't really fault him for this. I think when when he he'd always give staff a chance to do something, but if it wasn't being done the way he wanted it, he wasn't about bringing somebody else in to you know to help out and kind of generate some some interstaff competition. And sometimes <laughs> that can be a good way to get something done, but sometimes it can kind of create some tensions. Yeah. But, um, so there was a little bit of that. Uh, but I think he commanded a lot of loyalty uh, with his staff. Of you know we all respected him because we knew. He was a very fair person. He was a very fair person, even if he could be very tough and very and, direct on occasion. And was all this kind of against unfolding against the backdrop of continued presidential aspiration? Yeah, was it something you, you just know, assumed um, that um, after 80 that there would, I you know, there was a lot of assumption of that. Yeah, I think there was. Um, that, uh, well, at least in the early um, 80s, I think... Um, not so much future presidential aspirations, but a, a desire to kind of repair this hatchet man image he got in 76. I think definitely he was very um, sensitive to that. The, and that wasn't who he was. And it was unfortunate that he got that uh, mantle because that that really wasn't who he was. So I think he did want to show his, um, his compassionate side, if you will, um, and uh, and uh, his nonpartisan side, um, and I, I think he did that, um, and that may have been a factor in some of the issues that I, I worked on for him. Um, Would you have had anything to do with the Panama Canal? No, no, that no, no, that wasn't. Yeah, that was. I don't know who did that. Okay, that was, that was not me. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, you know, I think. Uh, I think it was really more, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember when his presidential ambitions started going in my thinking, and I was kind of young and naive anyway, so I might have been late to the game, but I don't think I really started thinking about it until he became majority leader, that this was really going to, uh, he was going to be doing this, and he would be there, you know, a real, you know, of course, with Reagan getting 81, you're going to have to wait till 88 anyway for there to right. be another opportunity. So. And there, yeah, there's this five-way race for majority leader. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I assume people don't always tell the truth when they... Uh, well, I think there's a lot of lying going on there. From what I, Yeah, Joanne did that. She held did, that very close, I think. I, maybe you, was she, I mean, was she I, making sort of campaign manager? Yeah, or, she, I think so. She yeah. was, she was uh, helping them count the votes. And, uh, but I know she made a, several comments about people lying. <laughs> that, you know, you could never, because it's a close ballot, so you can't. Yep. Then you have no way of verifying really what they... And I guess Ted, Ste I mean, Ted Stevens allegedly never, yeah. never quite got over it. To, but don't yeah, ask. He said he still thinks right. he won. I think you know? that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. He, uh, yeah, he's kind of a well. Kind of curmud well, I mean, yeah. I know he has a reputation being yeah, kind of curmudgeonly. Yeah, but, very much so. A little yeah. bit of a hothead too. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him go off on the floor more than one occasion. It was he's kind of. Crazy. Do you remember when you were around? I don't want to bring this up. It's just it's one of those moments. Um, the other side of that. Um, when, remember when Dr. Kalikian died? Mm -hmm. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and he, I, I, and I, and I don't forget because I get summoned down to the office. Yeah. To write something. What year was that? I want to say eighty-three. Yeah. Eighty-two, eighty-three. Back, yeah. Because it was around. You know, his mother died. Right. Yeah. Not long yeah. after. Yeah, there were the two. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. 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 And um, I didn't see it because I just, I know, I, we just had this sort of, you know, shorthand. I mean, you didn't have to, it was difficult for him to articulate what he, but yeah, you didn't have yeah, to. Right, you know? right. So you 
You, right. you wrote it. Yeah. And you left. Yeah. And he went over and he broke down. Oh, really? Trying to, yeah, yeah twice. Tough. Really? And Jesse Helms, uh -huh. to his eternal credit, uh -huh. sort of stepped in and, you know, kind of covered and, and everything. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, well, years later, the Nixon funeral, you know, Nixon never did an uncalculated thing in his life. Yeah. And it's interesting that at both Pat and, and the president's funeral, he had Noel and Pete Wilson speak. Well, of course, mm. they were Nixon's candidates for 96. Right, you know? right. And he knew Noel wouldn't be able to get through yeah. that. And he knew that would be the best thing yeah. that could happen to Noel for, for people to see. For to see you, know, side you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, That's... were you ever surprised by the the dichotomy between what outsiders thought of Noel? Um, I mean, yeah. I think it, it, it eroded over time as they yeah. saw him yeah. and, and what you sensed and experienced. And, oh, uh, absolutely, yeah, because they, they saw, well, the hard edges, would he did have hard edges, but um, um, everybody's got hard edges now and then. You know, we all uh, have things that uh, uh, we, we, you know, find troubling or, or, or require strong strong reaction, and I think... Uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, I'm thinking of on 88 again when um, we had uh, worked so hard to show the softer side because he did have a softer side. and uh, But then we got killed when he, uh, well, the New Hampshire race was a mess. Then he went on and said, stop lying about my record. And it was just, you know, and it brought back 76 all over again. And it was really, really unfair, you know, that one, you know, nanosecond, one sentence just stuck. But I think his, um, he's a very direct person, and I think, I don't know, it, there was always a, a difference between who he was and how people viewed him. I, uh, and he, he could be tough when he needed to be, and, 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 and you know, he had a sense of, uh, of moral uh, dignity to him, and I, I think when that was offended, it would come out with a hard edge. I think that's what happened there. That And he was, and we were, you know, he had every right to be mad. He was, they were lying about his record. But, you know, it might be a tribute to him that he's open and real enough that he couldn't contain that, you know. It, it was it was, it was, a, it was a legitimate, honest, uh, justified human emotion, yeah. and he couldn't contain it. And the sequel is to the astonishment of some, but yeah. not to those who knew him, right. he turned out to be the most loyal. No kidding. For, I mean, in the Bush kidding. presidency, yeah. and Big Bush knew it, yeah. and appreciated it. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing is, I've often thought, too, he was kicking himself that night because, you know, a few days earlier, he'd been told, basically, you're, you've got this thing won. And yeah. the last thing he would ever be is complacent. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know whether he ever allowed himself to actually to think, think that he, it was over, that he yeah. hadn't won it. And, but, you know, I think that remark, though, directed at Bush right. was in so many ways. Back to him. That could yeah. be. Cause I was frustrated, too. I remember that because they, they put those Senator Straddle ads on, and we did not respond. I, to this day, somebody explained to me why we didn't have ads on countering that. I do not understand that. And if I saw it, he must have seen it. And I don't, I don't understand what happened there. To this day, I won't understand, well, but I don't understand well, we didn't, we about, didn't respond to that as effectively as we could have. Let me ask you about eight. Okay, yeah. so now how did you get that role in 87? Um, well, we, well, I left the uh, staff, I guess, in 86. It was late 86, early 87. And um, it was just time to move on. And um, I got a job with a law firm. But I wanted, I really was enthusiastic about him. And I, when I left, I told him I wanted to help with his presidential campaign if he ran. And that was basically what happened. He, he was going to run. <laughs> so he asked, so he asked me to come back and we talked. And he offered, um, he asked me to be the research director. And, uh, and so I was. And uh, so I took a leave at the uh, law firm where I was at. And it was a law firm that was, that he had ties to. So they were very accommodating about my ability to go over there. And, and what, the position of research director? Well, we did, Paul, I mean, it was challenging because we had to coordinate a lot with the with the legislative staff on the policy issues. And that was always um, challenging because I wanted to um, try to um, 
get him thinking more broadly and talking more broadly. And the legislative people always giving me books this thick of you know every nuance and interface of, of a <laughs> bill. And I, you know, Joe, be crazy, isn't it? Yeah. There is this legislative hill speak. Yeah, yeah. And people laugh, but I mean, you slip into it. Yeah. Outside the Beltway. Yeah. And it's a foreign language. You can't, you can't get it. Yeah, it, it is. And so we were, we were always trying to translate that into briefing books this thick. And um, and we did, uh, we uh, we did all the debate preparation. Um, we did, uh, you know, we did policy briefings for him. We tracked. We did. We did opposition research in the sense that we tracked. We didn't do personal dirt research, but we did. Op, we, we tracked the other candidates' policy positions, what they were saying. We do analysis of that, provide that to them. So that was pretty much what we did. Um, did he take was, debate preparation seriously? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Because that was a wrap. Did. From yeah. Well, well, maybe the first one or two he didn't, but. Um, I thought he did, and he we and this was one of the things I really felt strongly with is he's getting these books down to here, giving him you know just four or five bullets. What do you have a minute, a minute and a half to respond to these questions? You know, getting your points out, and also making sure that when he you know that to bring it back to the point you wanted to make, where the question might not be an answer that you really wanted to give, but you know bringing it back to the point you wanted to make, um, and. Uh, he was he. I thought he did pretty well at the debates. I'll never forget though the Bush campaign. I'll swear to Lee Atwater did this to us. Um, it was a League of Women Voters uh, debate in Dartmouth. I believe it was the one. In, it was being sponsored at Dartmouth. It was League of Women Voters, and we went to the. Uh, you know they'd always have these. Uh, the sponsors of the debates would always have these prep sessions for the staff to lay out the ground rules and all of that, and. Um, they must have told us a hundred times, and they went. That's why I think we were set up because they went out of the way to keep say there will be no props, there will be no props allowed at this debate, no props. Okay, so we went back to Dole and learned the lesson: no props. <laughs> they were very clear about this: no props. They didn't want any props. So um, he gets into the debate, and about halfway through the debate, the tax question comes, and George Bush whips out a no tax pledge with a pen and asked Joel to sign it. And the moderator sat there like a bump and didn't do a thing. And I could just see in Dole's eyes, <laughs> telling him no props. <laughs> and it was a dirty trick. And, you know, I, to this day, I think we got set up on it because mm. they'd been, they'd just gone out of their way to tell us that, they, you know, so, uh, and he didn't sign it. And that, and that hurt us. They did hurt us. So uh, that's kind of the one thing. Well, it was at that defining moment at the end of the campaign, too, when everyone was was tuning in. You're going to be increasing taxes, and that was the the whole thing. So um, it was a responsible thing to do. And obviously you couldn't sign it, but, you know, I just – anyway, that was unfortunate. I mean, if it's any consolation, down the road Uh – was paid that's a true. high price. That's true. For that's it. True. it was a dirty trick to blow up in his that's face. That's true. That's very, you know? very true. Yeah, that's very true. But so. coming out of Iowa, uh-huh. I mean, we're, first of all, were you surprised that Bush came in third in Iowa? Yeah, that was great. No. Yeah, no, but I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And yet, and yet, of course, because the story almost was as much Robertson. Yeah. As it true. was Dole. Well, I mean, George Bush has never been. I mean, he's always been. I mean, I respect him. I think he's been a, 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 a he was a good president and he's been a good uh, statesman, senior statesman. But he's just, as, as somebody, as a Midwesterner yeah. from Kansas, you know, I don't care how much time he spent in Texas. He still comes off to me as a ye old prep guy. You know, I just, I just think. He's, he's a throwback yeah. to the wise men. He 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 would make a great Secretary of State yes, that's right. in 1964. That's right. I mean that you know that's, right. that's the milieu. That's right. And that's still in Iowa. You know, <laughs> that's but, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. So I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, well. And then, he was, but he was good, but then of course Robertson comes in second. Yeah, but Robertson and, he he was personal. I mean he could you know. He, how, he could connect with the Midwest population. Absolutely. How comfortable or uncomfortable is yeah. Dole? I mean, it became more of an issue later on, yeah. I think, with the, the rise of all of these cultural issues and right. the kind of insistent demands that you, you know, draw lines in the sand and right. uh, 
to some degree, you know, stigmatize people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's a, it's not an inclusive approach. To, right. It's not Reagan-esque. No. I mean, no, that's the great that's irony. Right. People always talk about, you know, people being more like Reagan. And right. Reagan was very much a big he tent. He was very big tent. Yeah, he yeah. was very big tent. Yeah. I agree with you. And Dole was big tent. I, uh, I wish we had more of that now. I, I um, you know. <laughs> Because I don't think people, even when people give lip, lip service to it, they don't, I'm not sure they believe it. I mean, if you step back and you look at, I mean, it's still amazing in 86, 87, the thought that, you know, the Senate leader could take on and defeat mm -hmm. a sitting vice president mm -hmm. without that being an implicit repudiation of the, of the, existing, of the existing, of the administration. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a very tricky it's a very tall order. It is a very tall order. And he can't, doing it when the economy was as strong as it was. It and was with Iran-Contra yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about... Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just saying... Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about... George Bush was... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just... For, for it was Dalton, amazing, it, amazing, yeah, it's, yeah. It really was, it really was. Well, I think he... Um, you know, I think one of the things that also, uh, I agree with your analysis, but I think another thing that was missing in George Bush's second campaign was Lee Atwater. I don't, you know, he was good. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, he played dirty, but he did it well. <laughs> and he certainly did a number on us. And I, I do think that that Jim Baker was not, that was not who Jim Baker was. Jim Baker was the 30,000 foot guy. He was a statesman. You know, he didn't, he wasn't going to get down the weeds and do the kind of stuff leading. Yeah, he'd done, he'd done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He was looking at the legacy. Again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and to not have Lee, that's what Lee did. And that's really what got I, him. It almost is, but yeah, time. Lee was sort of Bush's, you know, the dark side. I mean, yep. he was. Bush, that's right. Bush is not an instinctive politician. No, he's not. He's you know? absolutely not. He's almost uh, awkward. Yeah. 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 I mean, he doesn't have a sixth yeah. sense. No, no, Even a fifth uh -uh. sense. No. So, I mean, <laughs> that's true. But what he had was, he had Lee Atwater. Yeah, he did. Who compensated yeah. for yeah, that. Yeah, he did. And that's why I think the press, yeah, when, when, when Atwater was put out of commission, I mean, that's when the administration began to really mm -hmm. experience serious I think it was. problems. Because he gave his, because... President Bush really didn't have a folk. I mean, that was, uh, and he w it was like, what was it? Where the, where's the beef? Didn't, uh, wasn't that a campaign slogan? Maybe it was an idiot that was used against him. But it was not clear. It always just seemed like he was running for president for the sake of running for president. And uh, when he had to face an opponent like Clinton, who was such a smooth talker and was such a policy wonk and could, and could connect and talk about policy and what it connected with the voters and what yeah. the voters are feeling, especially yeah. economic issues. There's no way George Bush could do that. He just is not, even if he, I think he understood it, but I don't think he could articulate it and express it in a way that, that voters could connect with. Where were you the night of the Iowa caucuses? When Dole's running in 88? Yeah, in 88. Uh, I was not in Iowa. I was in New Hampshire. I was not in Iowa. Okay. I guess I was in Washington. Yeah, I must have been. Yeah, I was. And, and assumably, presumably, I mean, the yeah. 48 hours after yeah. you had this big momentum yep, going. Yeah, no it was great, yeah. And were you up in New Hampshire at all during that week? Yeah. How long? I can't. We saw a blur now. I mean, I the, the caucuses are on a, on a Monday, and, and then the week from Tuesday is the primary. Was it that soon? And yes. the trajectory, yeah. I think I was already in New Hampshire. I was already in New Hampshire. I'm sorry. I was not in Washington. I was Because I was in New Hampshire about three weeks, as I recall. So I was already in New Hampshire. Uh, they didn't really need, we were, they were way ahead in Iowa, so they didn't really need people like me in Iowa. Um, so I was in New Hampshire. Yeah, I forgot about that. And you could feel the uh, momentum building uh, because and this is kind of parallel to, to now with, with Hillary Clinton, whose campaign has been built around an order of invincibility. I mean, George Bush kind of was the same thing. People were supporting him because that he was going to win. So when he pierced that, he really, he was dropping like a rock in New Hampshire. And um, it was, you, you could feel the momentum Shifting though, once they started running those Senator Straddle ads, it was it was it was almost frightening how you could sense it. It was just really? every yeah, it was just you could feel it turn, and um, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> I and just we didn't respond. I just don't know why we didn't respond to those ads. I don't uh, that it just never seemed to me like we had we should have known it was coming. We did know it was coming. Of course they were going to attack Bush on uh, Dole on taxes. Of course Bush was going to tax. You know it's New Hampshire. 
What other issue is there except taxes in New Hampshire and Dole had done all this deficit reduction stuff and then we knew it was coming. I just, I still don't understand that, why we didn't respond. Was that Bill Brock's ultimate responsibility? I don't know, yeah. I guess, yeah, it would have been, it should have been. He was kind of detached, frankly, yeah. So, um, and it was, yeah, anyway. Did, by primary day, mm -hmm. did, did you think it had swept away? Was, yeah. You yeah, did? I think, I did, I think Dole did too, I did. I did. It was, it was, they timed those ads beautiful. I mean, they did, uh, we didn't respond very well, but, you know, in fairness to Bill Brock, even if we had, they had, they had got it, they had bought a lot of airtime. I remember being told that we were having trouble buying airtime because they had bought a lot, huge blocks of time. We couldn't get on the air, number one. And number two, they timed it so there wasn't going to be a lot of chance to respond. It will come as probably no surprise to you. Maybe it's projection or diversion or something right. because because Dole has, has all good things to say about Bush. But the one person Sinunu. Sinunu becomes the stand-in. He's, yeah, he's, he's the uh, and That's you right. know, you can understand why. Yeah. yeah I mean, he I was the evil genius. He was. He was. He absolutely was. That's true. That's true. I think that a lot of it was Lee though too. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well say, say the two of them made, yeah, a, right made a formidable yeah, team. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. No, he did it. He did a number on us, which did, is a shame. Did you think the campaign was essentially over that night? I mean, no, when, I didn't. I thought no. we still had a chance. I did. Think, um, even with the even with the stop lying about my record. Yeah, I do because I think we were the we were fairly the next spate of uh, uh, it was then we went to Super Tuesday in the South and he was polling well in a lot of the Southern states. And won a few. I think he won. He still, even though, you know, the tide had turned against us, he still, I believe he, he won a couple, at least a couple of the Super Tuesday states. So, um, and then I think it was Illinois, right, where they tried to make the last stand, that, that things were kind of falling apart at that point with the, you know, he made that, you know, that was a mess from the, uh, was it Lincoln's, uh, the side of the Lincoln-Douglas debates? You remember that? Yeah, vaguely. The, the camera it, it went was bad, and it was not with a bang, but a whimper. Uh, yeah, it was. That was sad. God, it was sad. The um, and and when did you when did you leave the campaign? Or when did the campaign leave you? That. I mean, when, yeah, but, I can't even remember when it. Well, it was shortly after that that things kind of fell apart. And um, were you so around in there? I mean, did you did you did you um, we're almost done. Okay, but yeah, we, 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 we got stuff in this, that's all right. Uh, but, I mean, were you around him during that period? I mean, did you, because that. Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't, uh, I mean, I was mid-tier, so i got to be honest with you, I was yeah. on a mid-tier staff. No, I wasn't yeah. with him day in, day out. Right. Um, I, I certainly had my, my fair share of time with him, but I wasn't at the Bill Brock, you know, Bill Lacey level. When they, those guys were with him constantly. Um and Senator Rudman, and you know all the except when they were left people. on the uh, airport runway. That's uh, right. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I didn't, I didn't bear that humiliation either. But <laughs> it's probably one of the yeah. few things that made Dole feel good. I know, that's right. The whole campaign. That's true. At that that's point, who could blame him? Top tier, yeah. You know, oh, man, I'm just, I'm down here in the middle doing my job. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, of course, it's always you can always second guess. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I it was, uh, it, but going into it, Bush had the organization, the money, and the front runner status, and implicitly Reagan, and and implicitly Reagan support. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a lot to overcome, and uh, so even even if the campaign had gone perfectly, you know, chances are I still would have lost. But you just. You're in a situation like that, you just like to know that you did the best you could. And I think none of us had that feeling, including yeah. Dole, that we yeah. did the best we could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of contacts have you had with him in the years since? Well, we've always stayed in touch pretty well. Um, you know, I, I go by and see him from time to time, or he uses email now, so I email him every <laughs> once in a while. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I, do, I don't know, I just kind of make an effort to stay in touch with him. I just like him and respect him, and he's been very supportive of me. In jobs I've had, you know, since leaving his staff, and as I said, you know, was uh, testified at a couple of my confirmation hearings, um, and has always, you know, um, sent letters and been supportive, and 
you know, he's just been a wonderful mentor and friend to have, and he's he's been uh, you know he's good to his staff. I think again, getting back to that misperception of who he really is and what the perception is, he's he's good to staff. I think if anything, sometimes more forgiving than he should. <laughs> Some of the staff thinks that maybe could have been done better. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's just a good guy. He's a loyal guy, and uh, well, that's sort of I, I guess my almost my last question is what, what would you tell people who either thought they knew him, right? You know, yeah. Or people who, you know, didn't didn't know him. I right. mean, what, what's, um, lack of a better phrase, the the real Bob Dole as opposed to, the, yeah, well, I, what, yeah, I think, and I think, and did he evolve over time? Do you think he? Uh, I think he did. Um, I think I think maybe he. I think he became less partisan over the years. I think he was. Um, you know, I, I think his. Uh, I think he became more nonpartisan over the years. I, I think that served him well. And I, I think, uh, but in terms of his um, his policy instincts, I think on civil rights, you go back to '64. He was supportive of civil rights, even when he was in a wing of the party. Most of the other ones were not. That was, you know, um, and disability rights, food stamps, low income assistance programs. He's he's always pretty much been um, for the little guy, and and had. Compassion, and I think, and I think also, um, you know, he believes in government as a force for good. I don't think he's anti-government. I think he's he's pro small government, and effective and efficient government. But I don't think he's anti-government. I think he does think government can function in certain areas in a way that it is helpful to people. And uh, he, uh, uh, you know, I think he's. Uh, a very smart man too. Maybe more. Uh, there's a depth there that I think there's a there's a tendency maybe to think of him as very street smart and political smart and, and quick in the sense of um, wit, which he is. But I think there's also a depth there that people don't appreciate. Um, he's not the kind of guy that sits around reading 300 page tomes, but he 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 drills down into issues and he understands them. And I think that was, as a legislator, I think that was one of the reasons he was much, much more than a, a, a mere tactical intelligence. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he he understood, and and he he you know he he understood the policy, he understood the direction of the policy, and a good policy, very good policy instincts, not just political instincts, good policy instincts. So um, I think sensitivity about people. Yeah, well. He, he can get weepy, you know, and I, I think that's, uh, is he, he, has, he has a lot of compassion. I think he, uh, it goes back to, he wants to give back because, you know, I get weepy thinking about it because mm. he, uh, it's hearing him talk about it over the years, uh, the people who helped him and Russell, and um, they gave a lot and sacrificed a lot for him and helped him through, and I, th- I think that getting that kind of, being in a vulnerable position like that, coming back from the war with such horrible injuries and being at the mercy of so many people and those people delivering for you and helping you back, um, you know, I think that creates a, an instinct to give back. And uh, so I think his his political career, has um, his notion of government and what you do as a government servant is, is driven a lot by giving back. And he talks about giving back in his speeches, some of which he's written quite well, eloquently. So. Last thing. Yep, yep. And, and that is, I, I don't know why I haven't mentioned it before, but the whole issue of women, yeah. you know, yeah. strong women, women. Yeah, and his comfort level. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I often thought it must have something to do with his mother, I would who was so. yeah. clearly Absolutely. a yeah, defining woman. Yeah. force yeah. in his life. And, yeah. uh, but, um, you know, yeah. Joanne was certainly <laughs> not, not a shrinking violet. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, someone in whom he had right. implicit trust. Right. You know? He but, did, but there were yeah. other brothers as That's well. That's true. I think he did trust. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, well, we are a trustworthy lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, there. You know, in some ways, yeah. he was ahead of the. Yeah, he was oh, ahead absolutely. of the curve. Oh God, yeah. It was unbelievable how many strong women he had in senior positions, and we weren't just. We weren't there just so he could say he had women on his staff. I mean, we were actually. We took the lead on issues. We had input on the decision making. I mean, we were listened to. We were given the same. Uh, you know, wide latitude. I had a lot of latitude to run my issues, and uh, you know, I think that was uh, um, different among his peer group. I don't. I can't think of many other Senate offices where women were given those types of uh, roles and that kind of latitude. I think he was a he was a, a leader there too, an absolute pace setter. I think helped encourage other senators to 
to do more in the way of, of hiring and promoting women. Um, so on the Judiciary Committee, there weren't many, there were hardly any senior women on the really? Judiciary Committee, yeah. And uh, that changed, uh, has changed a lot now, but, and I'm embarrassed to say most were on the Democratic side. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, he was absolutely a pace setter there. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. That reminds me, tomorrow I'm going up to New York to interview Senator Amato. Oh, really? Did well, you think of a question I should ask him? <laughs> <laughs> I've been told, I've been yeah. told by several people. Yeah. Just culturally. Yeah. Don't, you know, who never cusses. Oh, God, no. You know? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, and he'd sit there, and of course, with Amato, you know, every other word. Is some questionable taste, you know, <laughs> and and I don't. I'm told Dole's almost been mute. I mean, yeah. the Demato was this kind of exotic creature, yeah. <laughs> that's right. you know, <laughs> this New Yorker who. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> well, they have. Uh, you know, I think Dole just accepts people the way they are, and I think he accepts Demato the way he is, and yeah. understands who he is, and deals with them. <laughs> on that basis. Yeah, they had a good relationship though. Well that should be you know, boy, I can't remember the question you asked now. Mm. <laughs> um, no, nothing pops into my mind, I'm afraid. <laughs> You're on your own on that one. That'll be an entertaining hey, Presumably he didn't wear the term putts for Bob <laughs> no, Dole. <laughs> no. 